everybody, welcome to How to Live a Kick-Ass Life podcast. My name is Bill Parsons and I will be your host for today. And I would like to talk about skills that we can use to create an inspired organization, whether we're in leadership at the very top of the organization, we're in middle management, or one of the employees just delivering the service or the product, we all have a responsibility for the culture in which we work in. And work plays such a huge component, a huge part of every one of our lives because we spend so much time at work. I mean, whether it's driving to work and getting prepared for work and being at work and driving back home from work, you figure on an average day, you're going to be spending somewhere between, you know, eight and 10 hours a day, you know, either preparing for and being at work. And you're doing that five, six days a week. So that's just a huge, really a huge piece of, of your life. And to work someplace that you absolutely despise or that you hate or you loathe, I mean, you just get up in the morning, you dread going to work, but you do it because, you know, you've got bills to pay and a family to take care of and, you know, you got to eat every day and you just got to have a job. And so you're willing to sacrifice, in my mind, you know, a significant portion of your life just to get by. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not a pie in the sky who says, quit your job and go out and live your dream or do what makes you happy. I mean, the reality is we all have to, we all have to do something or we should. I mean, just to be, just to give back to society, be to be a participant in our culture, but we all have to do something. Our goal is to find that something that inspires us, motivates us, you know, fills us with some amount of energy and vibrancy to go do something we think has meaning and purpose behind it. And, you know, I'm not saying that every job we do does that. Okay. I think we can find in the jobs that we do meaning and purpose, because I think every job out there is designed to solve a challenge or a problem that someone has. So we are serving people no matter where we work or what we do. I don't care whether you're a police officer or you're working behind the counter at a hotel or you're washing windows or you're a doctor or an attorney or you're working in a factory. You're providing a product, a service. You're filling a want or a need that people have. You as the individual have to find meaning in, in, in what you do. If you are unable to do that and you don't see that what you're doing serves the world in a significant way or in a way that you want to serve, then what you need to be doing is starting the process to to figure out what that is and then how to get there. But in the meantime, in the organizations in which we work, you know, there's a, a lot of research that talks about employee disengagement. And what that means is employees come to work only because they have to. They only do exactly what they have to do. They do the bare minimum. And if they can cut a corner or leave early or show up late, you know, take a longer lunch, not deliver the best they can deliver, well, that's what they're going to do because they're just going through the motions. They're disengaged from their job. They can't find meaning or purpose behind what they do. It just pays the bills. Which in my mind, 
it does fill a purpose. Okay. I mean, I've got to have a house to live in and food to eat and clothing to wear. And I've got to take care of the people that I love are important to me. So that alone <clears throat> gives virtually any job I've ever done meaning and purpose. Also, it provides me with the income and the comfort that I need to start working towards bigger goals or better things for myself, whatever those might be, because for each of us, those are going to be a little different. But having a job, it's always easier to find another job when you have a job. So, and you know, I know people pan on jobs all the time, just over broke and you're selling out your dream. We all have to start somewhere and very few of us start on third base. Now, there are a lot of people out there who do start on third base and they, they've mistakenly think they've hit a triple. For the bulk of us, <clears throat> we start, you know, on if we're lucky on first base or somewhere between home and first. And we're trying to move the needle for ourselves to get around the bases to get back to home base, right, to hit that home run. So we have to start somewhere. And the attitude that we bring, the perspective that we bring to work, to the jobs that we do, yes, at the time, maybe this isn't your ideal job. This isn't necessarily what you want to do right now. But if you look at it as one step towards what it is you want to do, the ultimate goal that you have for yourself, then you can look at it differently. Because see, the attitude you bring to this job, the one you don't want to do, is more really important in my mind than the attitude you're going to bring to the job you want to do. Because here's the deal. People with bad attitudes, I have discovered, I don't care what job they do, they're going to have a bad attitude. For them, there is no great job. They would complain about not having a job, having the job they have, or having the dream jobs that they think they want. Because attitude is an internal compass. Right? We set that dial and we make a decision on how we're going to approach work, approach other people, approach challenges in life. These are some of the things that you can do, no matter where you're at in your organization, to affect the culture of the organization that you work in, in a positive way. So that you can make it a better place to work, a place other people want to work. And by creating that kind of an environment, you're going to draw to you and into the organization, the people that have great attitudes and that also align with these values that I'm getting ready to share with you. And the first one is we have to embrace a growth. We have to embrace a growth mindset as organizations, as individuals, as a culture. We have to embrace a growth mindset. We can't be stuck in one place. <clears throat> as Carolyn Dweck talks about in, in her book, you know. We can either have a fixed mindset, which means we're locked in a certain place and we just have no capacity to grow because we don't want to, or we can take challenges and obstacles and opportunities and see them as exciting events, things that we can do to overcome these challenges, obstacles, and grow along the way and, and acquire more skills and abilities and talents to become a better person, a better organization. And if we can encourage everyone in the organization to think like that and behave like that, just imagine the place that you would have. Next is always keep communication open. Communicate respectfully with each other. Be thoughtful. 
but be direct and open with people about communication. The more we hide things, the more we try to keep them secret, the more we gossip, right? Instead of just taking it to the person and saying, listen, this is the challenge I'm having. You know, maybe it's between you and that other person, but we need to keep communication open, dialogue open, candid, respectful, but we need to talk to each other, both horizontally in the organization and vertically in the organization. We need to, we need to prioritize employee well-being physically, emotionally, spiritually, intellectually, in every possible way. We need to be prioritizing and encouraging employee well-being. Healthy employees physically, emotionally, spiritually, and intellectually, creatively. These are just going to be better employees. We need to be finding ways, and this goes right back to the growth mindset. How do we find ways to help increase the quality of the life of the people we work with and for and around and who work for us? Because by making them better people, they're automatically going to be better employees. By making them more self-actualized and satisfies people, they're going to be better employees, right? And this is going to be the kind of organization they don't want to leave because they know they're not going to be getting this kind of support anywhere else. Very few organizations do these things. Next is if we are in leadership roles, we're a team leader, a middle manager, we're in the C-suite, we need to always be leading by example, Don't ask your people to do what you won't do. Don't ask them to tighten their belts economically as you get a bonus. Don't ask them to work more hours as you leave early. Don't ask them to do things you won't do because they're not stupid and they can see what your behavior is and your attitude is toward the organization, toward them, towards the work. And in their mind, you know they're going to be asking themselves, wait a minute, why should I be putting in the extra effort, going the extra mile, doing the more, the 1% more when leadership management, even my team leader, isn't doing that? Or many of the people around me are not, be held, are not being held accountable to do that. You see, as an organization, we need to set clear expectations for everyone. Leadership needs to say, this is what I expect of you, and this is what you can expect of us. Hold us accountable, and we're going to hold you accountable. That's clear and open communication, right? And there's no ambiguity there, no uncertainty. Set clear goals for your organization and your people and your teams, your cohorts. Set clear goals. Make the goals challenging, but not so challenging that they're demoralizing. We want to adopt the Japanese philosophy of Kaizen, right? That constant and never-ending improvement as individuals, as teams, and as organizations. We want to be growing all the time. So we want to set goals that stress us outside our comfort zone, but not goals that demoralize us. Where we look and go, you know, no matter how hard I try, no matter what goal I set for myself, as a 60-year-old, 5'8", 160-pound male, I'm never going to play NFL football. That's unrealistic, right? And that's just a moralizing goal. No matter how many weights I lift, no matter how many nutrients I take, it's not going to happen. So I need to set a goal that's that stretches me, 
but is one that is achievable, that is realistic. One that if I do stretch myself and push outside my comfort zone and grow, I can't actually achieve that. And then I can use that, that, that experience, that challenge, that success, right, as, as the fuel for the next success. And that's my goal ultimately. So I want to be setting goals, make them clear, and make them challenging. Make them meet the skill level of the people you're asking to do the job. Don't dump a really complex skill on someone who has no ability to do it. They need to grow into that. But don't give a simple goal to someone who has the skills to do a much more complicated goal. They'll get bored with the skill, bored with this goal because it's not challenging. And the people who are over-challenged will become demoralized because they just can't do it no matter how hard they try. They don't have the skills, the ability, the intellect yet. Whatever it is, they just don't have it. So we need to be making the goal fit the challenge, fit the, the team, the cohort, the individual, or the organization. But we need to have clear goals. Adapt to and face all challenges head on. You know, there's the, in my book, Kick-Ass Life, I talk about the buffalo. When buffalo see a thunderstorm coming across the plains, they don't run away from the storm. They run toward the storm because they know the quickest way through the storm is toward it. If they run away from the storm, they're constantly going to be under the rain cloud, under the thunder cloud. If they run towards the storm, they're cutting in half the time they have to be in the, in the, in the dismal position, in the in the dangerous position, right? They're cutting in half because they're headed towards the storm. So we need to be open to and we need to be able to adapt to and face all challenges and change head on. We got to be open to change. Change is the unknown. Most people don't like it. Most organizations don't like it, but we have to be open to it and we have to, and we have to face it head on because if we don't, all we're doing in it usually is inevitably delaying the inevitable. It's going to happen. We're just we're just extending our time in the uncertainty zone or the pain zone. You know, Winston Churchill said, if you find yourself in hell, don't stop, right? Keep going until you get out. That's the exact what I'm asking you to do is embrace change, face it head on. And run towards the storm, not away from it. And then last, I th we need to avoid what I consider are just fundamental managerial mistakes, leadership mistakes. Because most people, it's not an organization that they necessarily despise or hate working for, but it's, it's their individual boss most of the time. Because many times people who are in leadership or management were not put there for the right reasons. They were put there because they knew somebody or they met a metric of some kind, right? Oh, we got to put a certain kind of a person in this position, even though we know they don't have the skills, the ability, the talent, the attitude, the aptitude to do this job. But we're going to put them in there for some reason other than their skill set. As a result, the people under them tend to suffer. And the organization, of course, ultimately suffers because goals, objectives are not being met. It's no longer an inspired workplace because now people, they see, okay, what's the point of me working hard, putting in extra hours, 
being creative, growing, when I know none of that has anything to do with who gets promoted here. It's all about a whole bunch of other stuff. Everything except, everything except my actual qualifications or those kinds of things. So, you know, we need to, we need to really avoid these mistakes. The first one is micromanaging people. No one likes to be micromanaged. Right? Nobody wants to have somebody looking over their shoulder all day long, every day, criticizing them. Second, ignoring feedback. If people, have, if people are giving you feedback, take it. Right? You may not like it, whether they're qualified to give it, but listen to feedback. Failing to delegate. Sorry for my, uh, my buddy in the background there. Failing to delegate responsibilities. Third, avoiding direct conversation or difficult conversations. And next, setting unrealistic goals we talked about. I hope this was helpful for you. I'm sorry for the cacophony in the background there. I look forward to seeing you in the next session.